to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, just before I read the scriptures, um, I have got a friend who's a pastor, and uh, his name's Colin Blois. Some of you would know Colin, and he's an Arsenal, uh, sorry, he's a Tottenham fan. And uh, he, he wanted his son, Austin, who I think is now eight, uh, to be a Tottenham fan. So, of course, when Austin is two and he's toddling, he's in his Tottenham kit, etc. But Colin's brother-in-law is an avid Chelsea fan. And... So when, when he got to about three, suddenly Austin wanted to buy a Chelsea kit. Colin just thought it was a passing fad, but no, Austin is now a fully-fledged Chelsea fan. So, but that will not happen to Ben and Hannah's child. I'm declaring it in Jesus' name. Amen? Thanks for that. Well, <laughs> I hope we get better response for the word. I want to read uh, <laughs> a few verses from Psalm 27. It's a great psalm, Psalm 27. I want to read from verses 4 to 6. This psalm is written by David. He didn't write every psalm, but he writes this one. And he writes this psalm. We're not certain when he writes it, but we, we know he's thinking about some of the troubles he's had, some of the fact that his enemies have surrounded him. And maybe he's even in that situation right now. But he writes this psalm, which is just incredible. Now, I just want to read verses 4 to 6. And it says this, One thing... I ask from the Lord, one thing, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Imagine that that's the one thing that you would ask, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling or in his house. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent or in his temple and set my feet or set me high upon a rock then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred tent or at church or in the temple or in God's house I will sacrifice with shouts of joy (laughs) thank you and I will sing and make music to the Lord David says one thing I desire one thing I seek. I wonder what would be the one thing in your life. Let's think about it. I wonder what that one thing would be in your life. Somebody tell me there. It's Sunday night, you know, and, and, and we can be a little bit interactive. Tell me your favorite band. Who? 1975. Ben's seen them six times. He went to see them, I think, again this week, six times. But could you watch them every week? (laughs) I'm asking the wrong person, obviously, aren't I? I mean, like, could you watch them every day, live in concert? This is Rose's one thing. One thing I desire, one thing I seek that I may see, 1975, every day of my life. What about your favourite food? Come on, somebody. Sorry. I'm not going with chocolate because I know people eat chocolate every day. Debbie, hummus, hummus, 
Let's go with hummus. Actually, Gavin does eat hummus every day. I can't go with hummus. You're ruining my message. You're ruining my message. Who said curry? Curry. But could you eat curry every day? Or McDonald's. Could you eat McDonald's every day? Could you eat it every meal? Have you ever thought, like, if you could ask for one thing, what that one thing would be? Like, maybe you've seen Aladdin... And uh, you've watched Aladdin and you know that moment where the genie comes and says, you've got three wishes. Uh, Like, uh, have you ever watched that and thought, oh, I wonder what my three wishes would be? I know some people who paused the movie and thought, I wonder what my three wishes would be, hoping a genie would appear before them and so on. So I I searched the internet to, to see what people's one thing might be. And here's a few. The first one is this noise cancelling button so that I could turn off my kids. <laughs> or the sound of my kids, sorry, not, not, not literally turn them off, but yeah. Uh, here's another one, a superpower. That would be my one thing, they said, a superpower. Somebody else said that all spiders would die instantly. <laughs> like, a few people said they'd like to have a third arm that came out their belly. Uh, like, like maybe they're not sat here today, hopefully in church, whatever. So, some other people said this, I'd like a life without consequences. That's deep. That's deep. That needs a bit more thought, that does. And then the, the last thing, and I think this would be pretty cool actually, time travel. Time travel. But the psalmist, David, writes this and he says, my one thing is that I could dwell in the house of God forever. He's saying this, as we said, when he's remembering his troubles, at least remembering, he may even right in this moment be surrounded by his enemies. He's at least remembering that, and he had lots of experiences like that. But he says, the one thing is not that God would kill my enemies. It's not that God would give me victory over my enemies. But the one thing is that I could dwell in God's house forever. And that's why the title of this message tonight is this, what's in his house? What's in his house? What's in God's house that would make David say that? You see, he's not saying, I want this more than something else. This is better than seeing the 1975 or McDonald's for a week. He's not saying, I want this more than anything. He's not saying, I'd like this instead of something. He's saying, this only do I seek? This is the one thing in my life. And so it led me to ask the question, what's in God's house that would make David say this? And I want to pick three things up from these verses. Here's the first thing, sight. Sight. He says this, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David is saying that in his house, in the temple, in church, I get a true revelation of who God is. And he's saying more than anything else, I want to know who God really is. You know, there's so many um, opinions about God. There's so many things that people say about God. But David says, when I'm in his house, I see who God really is. Uh, This week, somebody called me a great theologian. 
And I clearly and definitely don't think of myself as that. I, I think I play with theology. But the truth is that everybody is a theologian. You are a theologian. I'm a theologian. Every person in the world is a theologian. Because the word theology comes from two words. The uh, first word is logos, which is the last part of theology, logos. And it means what we say about something. And then the first part, theos, is meaning God. So a theologian is just somebody who has something to say about God. Which is why everybody has something to say about God. Therefore, everybody is a theologian. The question is, are we good ones or are we bad ones? But you know, David says, I want to gaze on his beauty. I want to see who he really is. And that word beauty actually is only ever translated once, beauty. Most of the other times it's translated God's goodness or his favour. It can be translated pleasantness, his delightfulness. David is saying, when I'm in God's house, I see that God is good. When I'm in God's house, I see that he's favourable towards me, that he's not judging me. When I'm in God's house, I don't see an angry God that wants to destroy me. I see a pleasant God. I see a delightful God, a God who loves me and a God who cares for me. It's only ever translated beauty once. I think it should have been translated maybe favour or maybe goodness to gaze upon the goodness of God. Mostly it's translated that way. But David's saying, in his house, I see who God really is. Who God really is. That's why I am sold on being committed to church. Because I think you don't see that anywhere else. You don't see that anywhere else. You see, it's the only place you really see it, in his house. Like, how would you get to know how good I was? Like, how would you get to know that? You know, well, you, maybe you could talk to Jeannie. And she'd tell you what I'm like at home. Can you see where this is going? Maybe you could talk to my kids and ask them, what was it like having Paul as a dad in the house? Can you see where this is going? Yeah. Uh, maybe you could talk to my grandchildren and say, what's it like when you go to granddad or gramps' house? Maybe you could talk to my close friends who've known me for years and say, what's Paul like outside of church? The reality is you would have to observe my life. You'd have to uh, look into my circumstances and into my home, into my life. And that's what David's saying. When I'm in God's house, I see God as he really is. You'd have to get into my house. Maybe you'd have to look at my, what I do with my money to see if I'm good or if I'm not good. You'd have to go behind closed doors. The same with God. To know who he really is, you have to go behind closed doors. You have to find yourself in his house. People might say things like, well, if God's good, then why this or why that? But when you've had a revelation of God's goodness, and when you've had a revelation that Jesus is what God has to say, that Jesus is called the Logos, He is what God has to say. When you've had that revelation, and you know therefore that God is good because of who Jesus is, when you think about, you have all those questions, 
about why this or why that. You know that's not down to God not being good. Something else is going on. I've used this illustration before, but imagine one day and, you know, Jeannie goes out with her sisters every Saturday somewhere. She's got six sisters and a a crew of them. I call them Jeannie's crew, like posse, squad, whatever word I can think of on the day. They go out every Saturday. But imagine one day they go to town and I I actually go to town for some different reason. and, And I see them and I see them on the other side of the road and I'm just about to shout to Jeannie, When she goes up to a man in a wheelchair, she has this interaction with a man in the wheelchair. And then the next thing she she does is she tips him out the wheelchair and she kicks him in the face. Now, I want you to know, Jeannie is not a violent person. I would have to assume something else is going on. For her to have to do that, something else must be happening. I love what the psalmist says in this chapter 27 in verse 1. He says this. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He's saying, whatever else is happening, whether enemies surround me, whatever questions I've got, I know that God is my light. I know that God is my salvation. I know that God is my strength. You see, there's an atmosphere in God's house. We've had it today, all day in church, an atmosphere in God's house that reveals His goodness. You don't get that anywhere else. Praise and worship leads us into His presence. It leads us into the atmosphere where we recognise how good God is, that God is for us. And if you're new tonight and if you're in this place and uh, you like, you know, it, it's all a bit weird and a bit strange for you or you just came and you didn't enter into praise and worship let me encourage you don't sit back and watch enter in because it's when you enter into praise and worship you discover how good God really is and you discover everything he's got for you everything he's got for you you see when you're in his presence you know and when you know your focus can shift from your enemies your focus can shift from your trouble your focus can shift from your problems And your focus can shift onto the goodness of God. Sight. David says, one one thing I'm asking, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord so I can see what God is like. I can see his goodness. I can see his favour. The second thing David says is safety. When I'm in his house, I'm safe. Psalm 27 verse 5 says this, For in the day of trouble... He will keep me safe in his dwelling. In other words, his house will always be open when I feel unsafe. His house will always be there for me, even when I feel unsafe. That's why this is the one thing that David asks for, to dwell in God's house. Because he knows in God's presence, there's safety. In his house. There's a story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. I just want to read three verses just to dip into this story, just to show an illustration of this. It's about Elisha and uh, Elisha's servant. This is who it's talking about. When the servant of Elisha, the man of God, got up and went out early in the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. It's a little bit like David's situation in this psalm. Oh, no, my Lord. 
He said to Elisha, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered. Have you, have you come to realize how many times the Bible says, do not fear? Don't be afraid. Those who were with us are more than those who were with them. Oh, I'll try that over here with those who were with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed this, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. In God's house, you'll see things that you never thought possible. In God's house, you will imagine things that you never thought possible. And you will see victories that you never thought attainable. You see, in the Old, Test- Old Testament, when it talks about enemies and it talks about armies surrounding us, there was the real threat of theft, of death, of violence. There was the threat of rape, of capture, of slavery. The Old Testament is violent, not because God is violent, but because we are. And we always have been. And the miracle, therefore, is that in a super violent world, God is always saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, Elisha said, because more are those that are with you than those that are against you. You know, where did David get that from? That understanding that though he was surrounded by his enemies, though people encamped across every side, that he could be at peace and that in, his, in God's house, he would have peace and safety. Where did he get that from? He got that from God's house. Every time he was in God's presence, every time he was in God's house, he knew safety. I remember my first job and 17 years of age, first job, I was a management trainee and I was given a responsible task and responsible job and and I made some mistakes, you know, now like I, I, I would defend myself and say, you know, this is because I wasn't trained properly, etc. But despite all of that, I, I made some mistakes and they could have been quite serious mistakes, actually. And, uh, and I was like taken to task, you know, back then you were shouted at, you were like the atmosphere and work became a horrible place for me to, to be. And for weeks I was sick to my stomach trying to work through these problems, trying to sort things out. And literally each day, Monday to Friday, I was going to work and I was sick to the stomach before I left. I was sick to the stomach when I came home. And there were only two places that I found peace. One was when I was asleep and the second was in God's house. Every time I was in God's house, I felt peace. I was around people. I even like went to the kids' works meetings in our church. And there were people there who like just always talked and took things off track. And like that frustrates me. Does it frustrate anybody else? When you're in a meeting and you've got to focus and you're meant to be going from A to B and you end up at Z and then you make all, you, all the way back for, through Y and it's back to B. And, and is it just me that gets frustrated? Like, and I, I thought you can take this meeting off track as much as you want because here I feel peace. Only two places for weeks where I felt at peace. And do you know why that's true? It's because God is a strong tower. 
that He is almighty, that He's our light and our strength and He's our Saviour. Where's that safety? It's in His house. Where's that safety? It's in His presence. Do you need peace today? I believe you'll find it in His house. Plant yourself in His house. You know, some of you have experienced that. When the world's been raging around you, I can't wait to be in church because it's been a place of peace for you. It's been a place of rest. People have said to me sometimes when they, they've come into to church, I would come every day if I could. Because the world has been raging. They've been trying to break through something in their life. And they've said, I'd be in that, the house of God. Maybe they've not used that term, but I'd come to church. I'd be at Icon Church every single day if I could. And then the third thing that we find in God's house is shift. We find sight, we find safety, and we find shift. Look at verse 4. Psalm 27, it says this, Then my head will be exalted. This means that you and I are not going to come into God's house. If we come regularly and we plant ourselves in God's house, we're not going to stay the same. We're going to find shift. We're going to find that God is going to move us. What's in his house? Sight, safety, and shift. God will take us to a whole nother level. In our life. It happened to me this morning. It happened to me this morning. I came into church today. I thought I'd come in okay and etc. But in the first song, there was a shift. I shifted. I didn't realize I'd come in a little bit flat, a little bit tired, a little bit dirty from the week that I'd, you know, I'd gone before me, a little bit with the world stuck on me. But we're singing the first song and there's a shift in my spirit. I suddenly find myself somewhere else. I suddenly find myself in God's presence and I can see some things I couldn't see before and I can sense the safety and there's a shift and we're singing deep inside my soul. I know, I know, you are in control. And we're singing those words, 9.15 service, and we're singing those words, and there's a shift. I grew a foot in stature. Not literally, but you know what I mean. Deep inside, I know, I know. (laughs) Trying to do that. Apparently somebody videoed me trying to do it in the 11 o'clock service. Deep inside my soul, I know, I know. I know, I know. If that video appears anywhere, take it down. If, you, if you've got technical abilities, how to destroy somebody else's Facebook or Instagram, just do it. But the point is there was a shift. If I'd have stayed at home in bed today, that wouldn't have happened. But it happened in God's house. It's happened too many times in my life. It happened this morning. I want to tell you that in God's house, there's progress. There's promotion. There's advancement. You could call it that, but you could also call it there's vision. You'll see things that you perhaps didn't see before. You'll gain ambition for things you maybe didn't have before. You'll open up the idea of destiny and purpose in your life, maybe like never before. The psalmist says, he will exalt my head above my enemies. This word exalted, uh, it can be translated in many ways, uh, like it can be translated lifted up. That I will be lifted up from something, from where I am, from where you are. Maybe there's trouble in some area of your life. What's in God's house? There's a lifting up. There's a lifting up from something. It can be translated to rise up, to rise up into something. 
you know, not just to sit back and just to, just to take everything, but to rise up into something that God has for you. It can mean being victorious over something, from something, into something, over something. David says he's surrounded by his enemies, but that's not his focus. He's not going to live with this focus on being surrounded by his enemies, consumed by his enemies. He's going to live focused on the goodness of God. And if you can switch today, if you can, if you can switch today, if you can say, I'm going to worship instead of worry, I'm going to praise instead of panic, I'm going to declare instead of doubt. That happens in his house. There's a shift. There's a shift as you move forward. This word, one more, can also be translated to become tall. I told you I grew a foot this morning in church. It means that we can become something. We're lifted up from something. We rise into something. We're victorious over something. And we gain in stature. To become something. God's got that for each and every one of us in his house. He's got a vision for each and every life. He's got a destiny for each and every purpose. We see who God is and where do we see it? We see it in his house. What's in his house? These things are in his house. With sight, seeing who God is. There's safety, knowing we're secure in God's house and we get lifted up to a whole new level of progress and promotion in his house. See, I am convinced that we have no idea how much God has for us, how much he wants for us. I'm convinced we've not got a clue. Like, like I think, like, I, I just think of my life and I look at my journey and I think I'm just a kid from a mining village in Nottinghamshire. I like... And, and I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life, bringing me from where I was. But I haven't got a clue what God has for me. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, we know he was victorious. We know that he won. But I believe we've only scratched the surface of what that means for each and every one of us. And we've only scratched the surface of what that means for the whole of humanity. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, and the band are going to come back. In the New Living Translation says this, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We've not seen it, we've not heard it, we've not dreamt it, we've not imagined it yet, we've not, we've only just begun to scratch the surface of what God has for humanity through the death of Jesus on the cross. You see, God's vision is inexhaustible. His vision for humanity, for creation, for our planet, for our world, for our universe. His vision is inexhaustible. His vision for you and for me is inexhaustible. We put so many limits on our lives. We put limits on what we think we can do. We put limits on what we think we can give. We put limits on who we think we can become. But when we're in God's house, we see who God is. We know that we're safe. And we know that we can take the limits off and become who God is and be lifted into who God wants us to be. So I've got three verses from the same psalmist, David, to close. They're in Psalm 119. Verses 98, 99 and 100. Your commands 
are always with me. They make me wiser than my enemies. Verse 99, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statues. I have more understanding, verse 100 says, than the elders, for I obey your precepts. David says, in your house, around your word, you make me wiser than my enemies. David, David doesn't say, like, hey, you've given, like, I am such a great military strategist. He says, no, it's in your house. You make me wiser than my enemies. You do this for me. You do this for me. You give me, he says in the next verse, more insight than my teachers. In other words, they teach me things, they tell me things, they share things with me, and I learn. But then you do something and give me more insight than my teachers. I'm so proud of like young leaders at Icon Church, aren't you? Uh, And I'm so expectant because my belief is that they will have more insight than their teachers. My belief, my prayer, my longing is that they will go further. That they in the future will take Icon Church way further than I could ever take it. Why? Because if they're planted in God's house, God can give them more insight than He's given me. I believe that. I'm not jealous of that. I want it. I want it. I long for it. I'm so proud of them because I'm just building a foundation and that they can jump off of my ceiling and my ceiling can be their floor for the future. I'm not going anywhere, by the way, so don't worry if, if you were worried or don't get too hopeful if you were hopeful. I mean, it's not, it's not going to happen just yet. And then the last thing he says is, You make me wiser than my elders even. You do this as I follow you, as I obey you. This is what I find in your house. What's in his house? It's all in his house. Sight, safety and shift. One thing, David says, that I would dwell in your house forever. And when I opened up those verses, I thought, me too. If I can see who you are, who you really are. If I can see who you really are, God, if you can just keep opening and blowing my mind and taking the you know, blinkers off and moving the limitations of my understanding, if I can just see who you are, it's worth just being in your house forever. Safety, whatever comes against us, whatever comes in our life, whatever things that make us feel unsafe, we can find that sense of safety in God's house, in God's presence, knowing that He covers us, that He surrounds us, that that His name is a strong tower that we can always run into. And if in my life there can continually be a shift and then another shift and another shift, that God can keep taking us to a whole nother level. I'm not going to make you do that at all. I did think about having like the third point being a whole nother level point, but I decided on shift 
because I thought you'd like that better. That's, that's our one thing. I will dwell in your house forever. And it's worth protecting. That attitude in your spirit is worth protecting. It's worth guarding. Because there's an enemy who would like to take you out of that place. But it's in this place that you'll have sight, you'll have safety, and you'll have shift. Imagine if we could appreciate everything that's in God's house. Imagine if we could receive all that is in God's house for us that God has put there. What if our sight, our safety, and our shift could go to a whole nother level? We're going to worship God right now. Why don't we stand to our feet? And I'm believing that even as we close this service in worship and in prayer and in praise, I'm believing that even tonight, even in this place, somebody's sight is going to move. Somebody's spirit is going to shift. Somebody who came in here feeling afraid is going to walk out with a peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, let's worship God Church together. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.